Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is the weekend golf update for the 2021 Masters. I am your host, Adam Bapti, and as always, I'm joined by my brothers, Craig. Hey, how are we doing, guys? And Kevin. How's it going, everyone? Guys, that was a thrilling finish, and we had Hideki Matsuyama get that major championship, get that green jacket. Craig, do you want to give us a quick recap of what went down? Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get into, you know, I feel like most people watch the tournament. So uh, I'm not going to give a play-by-play of everything that happened. Well, I'm going to give kind of a play-by-play. What I want to highlight is where I think the tournament was won. So, you know, we open the course, it's firm and fast. That's that's what we're hearing going into the week. Firm and fast. Firm and fast. Firm and fast. Justin Rose, it was not too firm and fast for Justin Rose. Opened with 65, um, Ah. 7 under, closest to him. One Hideki Matsuyama. Um, now that sort of held. It held for a day. Right. Held through round two. Held, you know, most of the way through round three. It started to cluster. Like Rose, Rose stayed stagnant, and and the whole kind of leaderboard sort of clustered. Minus four, minus five, minus six area. And then we had the weather delay on on Saturday. And following the weather delay, to me, this is this is two hours essentially that I think the tournament was won. Hideki went absolutely bonkers. Eight holes, or, or seven and a half, I guess, because he had already hit his tee ball on 11. But seven and a half holes, he went six under. And it was just like such a such a masterful display of golf. So he had hit his tee shot on 11. He was in what Kev likes to call Tiger's Alley, that little, you know, <laughs> on the right right side there. Had to had to hit a great shot, had to navigate through some trees, um, got it up there close, made a birdie putt. 12 he threw it to 10 feet uh it's the easier pin on the left side put it at 10 feet made a birdie putt 13 hit a bomb of a drive he had 171 yards in hits it on he hits it to that same spot we saw Corey connors up there it was the front hole on 13 everyone coming down that hole after the weather delay left it short because they're so used to those greens just trickling out and it kind of caught up he missed his second one Three putt par on 13. Ooh. <laughs> Went to 14. So this is his roughest stretch. 14. A little bit left off the tee. Right and deep. He hit it to like this kind of no man's land. Right and deep on 14. Hit an mm-hmm. awesome little wedge up over the top. Uh, put it to four feet. Easy par. Um, so those two pars. That's kind of the downside. 15. Hit it to Six feet from 200 yards out, eagle. Yeah. 16, hardest pin of the week. Right up on that right side, four feet, birdie. 17, rain's falling again. Puts it to 10 (laughs) feet, birdie. 18, potentially his, his, you know, other worst swing of this stretch. His drive goes deep into that fairway bunker, and he ends up hitting a great shot out of there, but he just, he just hammered it. He just masked the thing. So it went up to, like, the, the exit way, the exit ramp way on, on 18, <laughs> and then he hit that beautiful little bump and run that just yeah. trundled right up, and he had a... I, I thought it was going to be a, a struggle of an up and down, but he just had sure. an easy tap in par. So... To me, really, he went from five under when he left the course for the weather delay. He was 11 under afterwards. And essentially from that point, it was just hold on to the lead. You know, he, he went out there, he yeah. scored in a flurry, and he was just running up the clock all day long on Saturday. Um, yeah, so he, got, he ended up getting four clear on Saturday. His next closest was seven under. And everybody played better, better after the weather delay. Yes. The, yeah. Scoring, yeah. Yeah. the scoring average went way down. 
but it's like everyone picked up like a stroke or two compared yeah. to what was expected. He just but went bonkers. Anybody who was still out on the course at that point benefited from that weather yeah. delay. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a huge turning point for sure in the tournament was that weather delay. I, I mean, I think that's one of the best back and then nines I also, we've seen at Augusta. I mean, if that was on Sunday, it would be absolutely insane. Well, I think that's just... I mean, another really good back nine was Justin Rose on that just, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Rose. <laughs> out to eleven holes. He was nine under nine. through eleven. His yeah. last eleven. Um, but I, I also think like that weather delay totally sort of changed the complexion of the week because after that, the course, like even today, it was playing softer. You would see it when you saw shots yeah. hit into greens. There was ball marks. You know, there it was. It was just a different course from what you saw the first couple of days. Yeah. Um, but you know, Hideki, this win, one of my boys, the one thing I was saying yeah. is how much it's going to mean for Japan, uh, the Japanese golfing nation, when he, if he wins a major, when he wins a major, to do it at the Masters uh, right before the Olympics. You can't even really articulate how big of a win this is. Yeah, yeah, and just for people that are new to our podcast, we did an episode, I think it's episode eight, called My Boys, and we each picked three golfers that we thought were going to make, you know, that big step in their careers. Um, and Kurt, or we what, wanted to make that or, big yeah, step. Yeah, and, and different for different yeah. peoples. You know, they're kind of, we had some people who were more up at the higher end of the rankings, some people who are lower down looking to take yeah. maybe their first steps. Um Pretty, pretty good week, though, considering <laughs> two of my boys are Hideki and Will Zalatoris. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Yours, yours have had a pretty good stretch of season here. Well, or, Hideki, I mean, really, like, this came yeah, out of nowhere. Um, it did. And that's what I was going to say is, like, uh, you know, Hideki is a guy I didn't have backed at all. Um, kind of was flying under the radar for me going into the week. Um, despite him having some success here in the past. And but, but you know after Saturday and just generally being a very highly ranked player at oh yeah, generally being a, a world class player um, but after Saturday I just I you couldn't help but kind of hope that he can hold on and get the win because he's just such a likable guy who he he it feels like he should he should have won more already and I think he would have a major or two already if he could get that putter working for him a little more sometimes mm-hmm. so you just have to be happy for him i mean you see he kind of seems to do everything the right way um and like his the golf shots he hit on saturday were unbelievable like yeah. i mean sunday too but like th- that stretch down after the ra- the weather delay there unbelievable he pretty much said in the interview afterwards he didn't miss a shot that he, everything was where he <laughs> yeah. wanted to put it. And it, it looks like it. Oh man! One of the things insane. I love about Hideki uh, to me is that he really just seems like a golfing nerd, you know, like he, yeah. there's a lot of people you see on the, on the PGA tour and they're really like big characters and they're like, they're sort of celebrities. Um, Hideki just seems like if he could just like, everyone would just shut up and they could just play golf, that he would be at his happiest, you know? Um, and I just love that. Like, I love to see, I mean, one of the things, great things about golf and in individual sports, I think, is you get to see such different personalities. Um, but I, I just love, love seeing Hideki and, and seeing him walk off the green and get emotional for a guy who's usually so stoic. Um, you could see, the nerves, you could see the relief from having pulled it off. Um, it, it was, it was just like, a really great day of... Yeah, you could just kind of see everything setting in as he yeah. was walking off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, was, that was pretty neat. 
I thought. So what? A what little bit different because the... he didn't have the family there. I think his his yeah. family's all back in Japan right now. Yeah. Um, but he kind of had his, his team, his his close circle of, of people there to to greet him as he was coming off the green. Yeah. So what would you note this week for Hideki that stuck out to you? Whether it you know ball striking, short game putting, what to you kind of surprised you or or was was not what you expected or or what do you think won it for him this week? I guess. To, I mean, to me, I, I don't know if the stats back this up, but I think it's him limiting mistakes um, and, and yeah. bogeys and scrambling and that kind of thing. Um, he just, I mean, I, I, I actually, I have a stat about this. He only had 13 birdies on the week. That's from the masters.com website. He had 13 birdies. I think three or four eagles, though. Three eagles. Three but eagles. Just, just to give you a reference, Bob McIntyre had 21 birdies. Yeah. He only had 13 birdies? Are you <laughs> kidding? 13 birdies, three eagles, and he won by, I mean, it could have been two strokes. He won by one stroke. Yeah. Bob McIntyre um, had seven more birdies than him. And that, it, that, that's just birdies. That doesn't include eagles. That's just birdies. So, so yeah, to, to me, to, to get back to Kev's question, first off, I think that is incredible that he only had 13 yeah, birdies. Yeah, I do too. Uh, <laughs> Because he really did play like he he it it was very efficient golf I think you would say, um, but the thing, so I think there's two different questions there. It's like what surprised me the most and what do I think won it? I think uh, you know what what won it is Hideki's amazing approach play and around the green play. Yeah, yeah but you're probably right about that. The thing that usually is his Achilles heel and what won it for him this week that doesn't show up was his putter. And yeah, and 100%. usually the putter finds a way to let him down when he's still doing those other things great. And it just, it it was a great week of putting for him. And that's, you know, we talk about that a lot with these ball strikers um, that might not have the most reliable putters that if it just clicks for four days, then you yeah. see you, you see how amazing they can be and they can go out there and win tournaments. And that's really what we saw from Hideki this yeah. week. Yeah, so I, I guess part of the reason why I posed the question the way I did is because I didn't, I guess, realize it, but his short game, his chipping was was spot on this week. Yeah. Every time he thought, oh, he might be in a little bit of trouble here, he just knocked it to four feet and made made him a pretty, you know, worry-free par putt. Um, it was unbelievable. He always seemed well, to and it's one of pull the off anomalies, the shot he needed to. Uh, one of the things that is unusual at Hideki is that you think someone who has such a good feel with a wedge in his hand around the greens would be able to like figure out that feel with a putter. But for some reason he, he, you know, it hasn't translated up till now. Well, Um, it sure did this week. I mean, I didn't, I don't remember him missing many crucial ones. Well, we, uh, when he was going 18, that one on on 17 would have been a comfy, made things a little bit more comfy. Yeah, but he, he did all he needed to do with that cozy. And then actually, you know what else? He had an ugly miss on seven when Xander and him were both tight. Oh, that's true for Birdie. Um, Yeah. But no, for the most, I mean, those are the type of things I feel like we're somewhat used to seeing when Hideki doesn't get it done yeah um but he he just had enough in him this week that that he made to to be able to get it done i i know i've said it before on the podcast and i can't even remember what what year it was but i remember watching him in a british open one sunday and where he just was 
he was the closest one on almost every hole, and they'd cut to Hideki again, and it's like for birdie. Oh, he misses another eight footer. He misses another six footer. And you're like, you're, he's only two back. Like if you make one of these putts, he'd be right there in it. But yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's good to see that he made the ones he had to. And I, you know, I, I really, I, I guess what I was trying to say before, I just couldn't be happier for the guy. Like mm-hmm. there's sometimes where, you know, if you're if you're, you got a lot of stakes out there, like we have this year. <laughs> it can be pretty frustrating when your guys aren't aren't up there, and you don't, right. you know, come Sunday, you're not. There's, you don't have too many horses in the race, but it was awesome watching Hideki try to close it out today, and I was really pulling for him. Um, Craig, I know you must have been pretty uh, conflicted there with two of your boys right at the top, Hideki and Zalatoris. Yeah, and I'm a, you know I'm always gonna be a Xander guy too. Like it's hard not to cheer for him, but no, I think I mean. Okay, so let's think- let's talk about it. So going into Sunday. Uh, we had Hideki, Xander, Mark Leishman, Justin Rose, Will Zalatoris, and Corey Connors. And I think that's a good breakpoint because all of them were looking for that first major. So it's easy to cheer, kind of like you were saying, it's easy to cheer for all, sorry, not Justin Rose, but I mean, a big, uh, big Masters win for him. It would have been with kind yes, of his yeah, history yeah. at Augusta. But, sorry, Craig, I'm, I'm throwing it back to you with saying Will Zalatoris was super hot to start the round and Hideki's four-stroke lead was was won very very quickly very early in his round. Well, I think there is two very dramatic points of the day mm-hmm. to me. There was the start when Hideki had just put it out to the right in the trees and ended up making bogey out of there. Yep. Um, and Zalatoris had gone birdie birdie, and it was already like you know it kind of felt like um, oh I can't remember what year it was, but it just. It's just like, what do they say about uh, everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face? Or yeah, something? Mike Tyson. <laughs> like, Mike Tyson, yeah. <laughs> um, like, it felt like that. Like, okay, like four strokes. But then, you know, we were talking about this before the round. That, like, the way it's set up at Augusta, yeah. it's just, it's going to condense at some point. So there was that start of the round. And then sort of, it's sort of almost like, co- like it got tight there for a second. But then Hideki, I think he made a birdie at two. Um, and it sort of got comfortable again at, you know, maybe two, three, four stroke. He ended up two under through nine. Um, but then but then Xander put on the gas pedal after a very ugly start to his round. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we went through 15, Hideki hitting it in the water. And then it was about five minutes there of drama on the back nine where... Um, it looked like it was a, a totally wide open match between Hideki and, and Xander again. Yeah, two yeah, well, stroke, two stroke uh, um, separation at that point. I, I was talking about Discord 16. there because yeah. at four, five, six, seven, I think it's a super hard stretch at Augusta, and Hideki was kind of parring them as he needed to, and Wilza Torres had a short birdie putt on seven, I think, to get to ten at that, or to maybe at nine within the par five eight coming up, and I was like, if if Zalatoris gets to nine right now, and Hideki still has to navigate, you know, six and seven, which are tough holes. This could really change. But then Zalatoris misses birdie putt. Hideki cleared those holes with pars and then got a couple birdies to close out the front nine, which is huge. Yeah, I'm just trying to think here for one second. Um, Number five, too, was an absolutely huge moment for Hideki. That was when he had... Uh, I forget how he ended up there, but he 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 had laid way up on his second. He was probably I mean, in the bunker. I think he was in the bunker. Um, but I was I think I was doing yep. dishes at that point, so I was kind of um, <laughs> yeah. in and out of in and out of the room. But uh, 
but then he he hit it to you know maybe 15 20 feet and then he had a putt that 17 feet and he had a putt that was just whistling towards the hole (laughs) and it it went in and that was a huge huge point because i think that was right around the point you were talking about where zalatoris had the birdie putt and it looked like it was going to be a bogey for a two shotter yeah it it looked like it might be that two shot swing Um, so that was a bit of an interesting dynamic too with zalatoris two groups in front Mm-hmm. Because he was for like he was always further ahead than you think, which at Augusta that's what it's all about. You know we've talked about it before. I, I remember I think it was 2019 or something when the all of Cantley. a sudden Cantley and and Bubba were like right in it because they had just I think one of them had eagled yeah. they had eagled and birdied 15 and I was like okay okay just pump the brakes here yeah. these the leaders still have to go through like 13 and 15 yeah 13 15 16 the 13 even 14's got a bit of a funnel yeah, pin yeah, it's yeah. it's a potential birdie with a good shot in there um but like I I know we're gonna probably gonna get into the course later on but it's just unparalleled like but then the, there's other ones where like like where Adam's talking about where if you haven't gone through there yet, they're tough bars. So like there yeah. are points, especially on the back nine where it's like, okay, but these guys have chances to gain those strokes back. But then there's the other ones where it's like, you know, 10, 9, 10, 11 can all easily be bulky holes. Um, and that's it's why, just, they're, that's it, why it, they're so awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's just a very interesting course that that presents so many. It It really does do such a good job of testing these guys. Testing and all it's, facets it, of their it, game. As you guys are saying, it is naturally built for drama. Mm-hmm. It is. It's like yeah. no, there's no course out there. Like I'm, I'm obviously a huge Masters fan, have been forever. But like, there, I, I've, you couldn't tell me there's a course that provides better drama based on the way that the holes are laid out. There's these tough, there's these tough segments like you guys are talking about. But there's these ones that, like, th- look at thirteen. So the leaders. I get, let's let's talk Saturday. I guess like it was an eagle thirteen. Actually, hole. I think and, and was Justin not Thomas as made exciting as other years. Like I felt fifteen brought a lot more of the excitement this year than thirteen did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I think it's, it's just it, I think it's just the the randomness of how it played out. Yeah, but. Uh, a couple 15. things. I, I I think the pins on Saturday and Sunday at thirteen were both pretty close to Ray's Creek, and the balls weren't coming down. And the putts on Saturday, yeah. especially after the rain, they were just like screeching towards the hole. And these guys were leaving themselves six, seven, eight feet with additional downhill, downhill pins. So it on, was on, on Saturday. On Saturday at 13. Yeah. 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 I, I do think it also seemed like to me, maybe this is, maybe I'm just sort of putting my own slant on this, but it felt like there weren't many people going at the pin on 13. It seemed like the out to the left side of the green safe approach shot was a very common play uh, and, and probably backed up by data that, that, you know, well, you got to remember they're hitting off a hard sloped line. The, yeah, yeah. is naturally well, sure. going to draw the ball. Right. So, but that's where, so has everyone eat. else when they have thrown daggers in on that pin and made big, you know, like it's always yeah. been the case, but uh, it just, it felt to me like we didn't have, that big i mean maybe xander hit one in there didn't he yeah xander that, hit, that was maybe the and only that, one that was think. another huge turning point mm-hmm. today was that that could have been uh at least where he picked up one shot and then he, he hit it in because close. Hideki had a great chip again yeah he had a he had a beautiful chip in there and, and made a pretty no sweat birdie and it, and uh xander still had a chance to pick up one on him for a while it looked like it could have been two um, and wasn't able to so yeah 
I mean, so... Okay, I, I don't who know do how you guys... Want, who do we want? We so, gotta move so just, just real yeah, quick. Yeah, we gotta move on just, here. Just real We're quick. Do- I do think that with with how you think Augusta National is perfectly structured to provide the drama and it does it like no other course. I think that the problem with that is we don't see all the other, like all the other major championship courses on a yearly basis. So I, I, I while I think yeah. there may be something to that, I think we kind of have a distorted perception of it because if sure. we saw, if we saw St. Andrews every year, then potentially we would say that that, you know, like I, I think just pump the brakes a touch on this being the only course in the world that could potentially provide. No, I don't this. think he's declaring that, but it, no, I'm not declaring that, but I can't believe if you, you want me that. to, I will. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get some kind of invite. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work out. Okay, hey, we've got I, a, I mean, yeah, let's let's move on. So we've danced around Zalatoris, we've danced around Xander, we've danced around the course. I, I say we go to Zalatoris. Let's talk about Zalatoris for a little bit because he kind of hung around there. I think for all four rounds, Craig, you might have how he was finishing after each round, um, but he was just there. He played exceptional. It seemed like he was well rounded, complete game for the casual fan. I think a lot of them were seeing him for the first time because even at his U.S. Open, great finish. He didn't get a lot of airtime unless he was kind of hitting hole in one. He never gets airtime. I, I thought I thought you wanted me to tell you he was at two under and then six under and then seven under and then nine under to finish. Wow. So it was just a persistent march up the up the uh, leaderboard. Actually, so that's for right. Me, he is the only one who finished under par every single day. Yeah, there you go. Wow. So for for me, um, as a somewhat of a casual zelatoris fan compared to craig um you're probably was, not compared to the world like i think it's yeah. more just it seems like it i i was like thoroughly impressed like he, he never really seemed to hit a bad shot that i saw i mean obviously you have your misses but he was making seemingly every par putt he needed to grinding hard like his ball striking is top notch um he was he was hitting it in the right spots all the time the putter the putter you can see how the putter is the weakness though like you can yeah, see you that can see that points. but i mean that's and, and not just in like putts that he should have made and he didn't but also in like putts that you're like he should have gotten that closer and he didn't you know and you know what for for a first timer at the masters that is mm-hmm. unbelievably impressive that he was able to hang like he did and just continue to not only hang there but continue to like push it um yeah. pressure that's didn't not, seem to be that's not what guys do sorry adam Pressure didn't seem to be an issue at all. No, Salatory. no. I think he's got a very strong mental game. Um, he, you know, he, he, he. I forget what the exact quote is, but essentially, he said early, early in the week, he was like, you know, people thought I was stupid to think I was going to be playing here, so I'm, I'm going to be just as stupid thinking I can win here. You know, like. Yeah. Um, and apparently, his phone was turned off the entire weekend or entire yeah. week. Uh, but I, I think he is one of these people who he's going to do. He's he's very process oriented as opposed to outcome oriented. Like he's gonna he he knows the shot he's gonna try to hit. He's gonna try to hit it. He's gonna go where the ball goes, and then he's gonna try to hit his next shot. Like he's not going to get too high or too low over any um, any outcome of what has happened. You know, and I think that it's kind of that ice in your veins. Um, I'm gonna do my thing, and if that's good enough, that's good enough. Um, the the one thing I think we need to see is is continued improvement with the putter because that that is that seems to be his weakness. His ball striking is world class. Um, it just he just needs to continue to to keep getting that putter better and better and better so he can score. 
I so saw I'm... him hit a lot of center cups, so it looks pretty solid. <laughs> well, you it's were not... probably a lot more confident. I was sweating. I, <laughs> I've seen too many times that they haven't gone, so um, I was sweating pretty good. You, I mentioned that's this actually on... funny you mentioned that because you know I wasn't particularly cheering for Zalatoris given some of the guys at the top of the leaderboard there. Not that I was cheering against him, but it's funny how the guys that you're not really cheering for always seem to make the putts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Whereas your guys always seem to be burning lips. Like a female, you're like, oh, I have no faith in this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I've been, that's yeah. a good comparison. Okay, I, I, so mentioned this on one of our sh- I mentioned this on one of our shows, but I want to bring it up again because I, I find it kind of mind-blowing. Hideki Matsuyama is only four years older than Will Zalatoris. Yeah. That is so, so, I mean, the other thing about Zalatoris... Yeah, so, so I feel like we're talking about two opposite ends of the spectrum here. Like, we're talking the child prodigy who has been around forever and it's like he's only 29 like he's just turned 29 a few months ago you know um and Zalatoris is is more of the guy that he he was a great great amateur great college player but kind of took a little bit more time getting to this level at the pro at the pro level um so I, I I saw someone had tweeted this out but like we talk about him being this young hotshot, but like he's older than Hovland, he's older than Morikawa, yes, he's yes. older than Wolf, he's older than Neiman, he's older than Sungjae. Like he is, he's twenty four years old. Um, he's just he's taking the next steps in his career, and that's that's what's awesome about it. And I think it's a little bit easier for him to kind of make that quick leap because he has more maturity than say an eighteen nineteen year old kind of with extraordinary talent breaking on the scene he's kind of he's been through a couple of things you know from some life things that give him- i would i would compare it a little bit more to xander who you know for sure people always talk about how xander had always had the game it's just he kind of had to put all the pieces together and and once he got on you know he was rookie of the year when he got onto the tour and then he's just kept continued to take the steps and i think that's a little bit more what we're going to see from zalatoris he he didn't burst onto the scene as a 21 year old but now that he's 24 and he's here he's gonna he's gonna elbow up some room in the top 20 for himself i think so that's a great segue let's talk about xander yeah let's talk about xander um I'll start if you. I'm don't still mind. just a little bit sad talking <laughs> yeah. about Xander. I'm still. Z- Listen at the at the end of the day, I think that Xander, like it, it's a disappointing finish for Xander. At, he he really only needed to go, you know, 69 today, and he would have been tied for the lead. And that's not with Sunday pins at Augusta. That's not out of the question, especially for a guy like Xander. He's been what is he? What is it like? His his twelfth top twenty and the majors he's played now like he's right he's got a ton of experience he's got experience at, on sunday in the in contention at majors um this was one that it seemed like you know he had multiple chances and it was because he was playing well you know he kind of like craig said he had a bad start kind of battled his way back yeah so four four five he went bogey double and it was yeah. just kind of like a couple body blows he he ended yeah. up at four and, four and on three through five he bogeyed um, three where he chipped it back to his feet yeah that's right after hitting it like in the oh, perfect yeah, spot true. with his drive and he that that's a diabolical pin that is a three. crazy pin and, that's and, an and I, honestly for... i think that off the tee that's about as good as a place you could want to yes. be. It's just he he really like it's one of those things where a yard to the right on that chip and it's uh, it's foot, rolling and up there perf- perfectly. Yeah, um, but it it just what that a- that green is diabolical and that pin is the hardest spot on the green. So yeah, um, 
but, there's no but, easy way. There's no way to hide from the third hole. You just kind of you have to come up with a strategy and try to execute it. But despite everything that he had gone through early in the round, he battled back. He was right there. What he got himself to? What was it? Nine under after yeah, he got fifteen. To Ten. Ten under after fifteen, and that's even with like missing the short eagle put on on thirteen, and like he was taking the hard way. He stiffed it on fourteen for birdie. You know he. He made his birdie yeah, almost, almost made out an eagle on, on fifteen. On 15 yeah. And then sixteen just uh, I I know you're attacking, but there's ways to attack that pin without going right at it. You so know? I, like I don't think you I don't think you heard his his post round um, yes. interview. No, but, I, didn't. So, I didn't. So he said he hit the exact shot he wanted to hit. He he hit he the shot that he drew up based on the wind he felt and, and from what he had been told from from vets uh is I think what he said, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but what you what you feel is the same as what you're going to get. You know, like how sometimes on the on the course, what you feel is not necessarily what you're going to get in the air. Um, but w- what you feel is what you get. So, you know, draw your shot and hit it. And he, he hit it exactly how he wanted. He said, he told his caddy afterwards, like he flushed it. He hit the shot exactly yeah. how he wanted. And uh, it yeah. just, it was, you know, I, I like three yards that. short-ish, something like that. And... That's Augusta National, you know. I yeah, mean, I, 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 I have to disagree with you, Kevin. Like, you kind of said it's disappointing. I think we saw so much from Xander today that it just kind of, it's the next step where he's going to get hit. Like, it, it's another, like, scar tissue, like I think he said in his interview. After I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you. He doesn't need any more next steps. He's got enough scar tissue. Like, yeah, uh, scar tissue isn't to, a good thing. He could, okay, after no, five, he could have just packed it in. He got six birdies in oh, a for stretch sure, there. For sure. He grinded, but, but, yeah. But to me, it's it's still disappointing because, like, I think he would be disappointed in it. Too. Like, it's not like it's disappointing and, you know, I'm down on him. It's more just like this is one of those times it could have come together for him and it didn't. And and the difference, the difference was three or four yards on that shot on 16. Um, I mean, he still, he still continued to make a mess of it from that point. I mean, he could have gotten out of there with a bogey. I mean, he was probably out of contention at that point, but it didn't need to be a triple bogey, you know? I think it's just like, it's one of those things where winning majors in golf is exceptionally hard. And we've been spoiled by this one guy for the past couple of decades, but we look at DJ and he's got two and he's one of the best golfers of his generation. I mean, Hideki just got his first ones, and he's he's also one of the best golfers like of this era. Uh, Xander, I mean, it's just all building the foundation for a, a fantastic career, especially in majors. He's so good in majors. It just like his attitude towards it, I, I love. Like I feel like I'm a huge homer, but I'm going to defend him. Well, I don't well, think I don't and think and we're listen, attacking I, him. I think I think no, we're, we're just not saying that you're. You know, every every time you have an opportunity, if it doesn't work out, it's a bit disappointing. It's not like we're we're down on him. We think he's going to crack under the pressure the next time. I, or at least I, that's not how I feel about it. It's more just like it, it sucks for him that it didn't work out. Like that's what's yeah, disappointing it, about it. I, I'm as a as a guy who was pulling for him to to push Hideki at the end. I was disappointed, and I'm sure he's disappointed with a T three in the Masters because that's not what he was going for. But and and because he he grinded and battled back as hard as he did, you know, standing on that 16th tee with the honor, I just I was like I was like here we go Augusta again like is gonna it's gonna be a nail biter you know. And, but the and, other thing he said, which to me is indicative of like 
what you want to see from if you're a Xander fan, it's what you want to see. He's like, yeah, I could have put it, I could have played it out to the right. Like I was pushing, I had to push. Like that's yeah. that's what you want to see. You know, you, you yeah. if if you are playing for FedEx Cup points and and the <laughs> you know like I saw a few tweets out there that it probably cost him. Five hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Which no, I mean, that's where no, that's partly he continued to make a mess the whole afterwards. But um, <laughs> but if you're caring about those things, then maybe you're going to play that one a little a little bit further right, a little bit doesn't. longer. But he, he doesn't. doesn't care he was about those he was in contention with three holes to go. He was thinking birdie, and it just his number was a little bit off. And you know that's golf. Like that's the reality of it. But to me, still the the most impressive thing. I mean, he was at eight under through two. He was at four under through five, and he got back to mm-hmm. ten under by fifteen. Yeah. Like that is a the, the guy has the game to do it. I think we're going to do. It. I honestly, I think he's going to do it at this course. I think, and I don't want to give him the Rory curse, but I think the course sets up well for him. He likes to move the ball <laughs> right to left. Um, I, I got it's a good been, short game. He's got a good short game. Good he's putter. a good putter. It just it sets up maybe I don't want to put the Rory curse on him because people have been saying this about Rory for so long, but you just feel like he's, he's going to get one here. Yeah. Yeah. Xander could have been one of those guys that's cut from the broadcast in the final group within an hour and a half, you know, and he completely yeah. changed that. Uh, yeah. He which is on that now, speaking sure. of cut from the broadcast, maybe that's the time to talk about Rose and Leishman who um, <laughs> disappeared from the broadcast there for a good chunk of the day. Yeah, I mean, the, the two vets were in the same group, second to last group. Uh, they were and... flipping before and after them. <laughs> Zalatoris Hideki. Yeah. Zalatoris Xander. So, so first off, Rose, I mean, to me, I, what caught me off guard this week for Rose was I did not see a 60. I did not see that kind of golf coming from him this week. Um, I, I thought we were going to be lucky to see him make a cut, to be honest. And, and so, yep, but he ended up... Sure. Um, Solo seventh. Solo seventh, which to me is a pretty darn good finish for where he was. I'm sure he's a little bit disappointed based on where he was through the first round, but um, I, I, I just don't think he had the horsepower this week. Yeah, well, I remember telling you, Craig, after Thursday that I'd be surprised if he was any better than even from that point forward, if he, was, if he finished any Ooh, better than pretty... seven under. Oh, um, call yeah and well it also at that point the course was playing as hard as it was all week and you see you see guys get out like that you know out in front and it's it's very difficult to continue to run away with it because there's just so many pitfalls to to happen like out there at augusta that you're gonna get caught eventually yeah and i mean to his credit he looked like he was gonna get caught on friday morning or friday afternoon whenever his tea time was Yeah, he had a great back nine there he he battled back from that yeah um, again, at minus seven, at that same point, I was kind of like, he can go one or two under and kind of cruise to this every day, but he went par, par, plus two, which is, is you can't do that. <laughs> it's a yeah. long tournament. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, Leishman, those guys I, today, I don't know. Today, they Sorry. just didn't really do anything. You know, they just didn't really get the fireworks going and um, couldn't gain momentum. I mean, both of them bogeyed the first hole, birdie the next hole, but then they were five six four five or six under the rest of the day didn't didn't really get anything going um leash though this is a good finish for leash uh 
Adam, you had him as a sleeper, a DFS sleeper coming into the week. So maybe you should tell us what did you like? Why did you see this coming? What? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't know. I did not expect this, but it happened. <laughs> I basically said he had a good finish at the November Masters. He's played this Masters very well before in DFS. His price is quite low. I uh, didn't have the same question marks that Rose did. Leishman actually had a couple pretty decent rounds, at least maybe not decent tournaments or decent finishes but and he was in very poor form last summer um, he was, but then it looked like he had at points in this you know the yeah. 2021 year it looked like there had been points where he had found his game a little bit again yeah it's, it, that's exactly it and to me the leishman rose pairing they they kind of sum up each other perfectly like they're two veterans that we don't know how many more shots realistic shots are going to have at this especially with the firepower of youth we have with not only the guys up there, but the the JTs, the Roms, the Rorys, the, the, all those guys are going to have to battle each year. Um, and the they're Cam two Smiths. guys, the Cam Smiths, um, and they're two guys that have played Augusta exceptionally well over their careers. But it, it's kind of is you know time's running out. I don't know if yeah, this might be the one that got away, or another one that got away for Rose because <laughs> another um, one that got away. Uh, I don't, you know, I maybe he can find form to get himself. I just don't know if he has the game he did two years ago. Um, and I don't know if physically he's going to get it again. Uh, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see whether he can or not. But if they do, it's going to be some kind of storybook special. You know, they're not going to be... Well, at least to me, feel it feels like he still has a bit more in the tank. Rose, it's it's it feels like we're getting closer and closer. Um, you know, physically, it just feels like there's more and more things kind of coming up for him all the time. Yeah. So we got two more guys on the leaderboard here to talk about that we have in our notes. Well, two guys that we skipped over as I went down to the vets. I, I want to talk about one a lot, and the other one has been talked about a lot. <laughs> so, uh, so you start off, Kev. Anybody want to say anything about Spieth? Spieth. Got anything? Well, I mean, so Spieth, you know, coming off a win last week, coming off uh, a couple years of, of down play into the last couple months, uh, a lot of people liked him. He he almost turned into the favorite this week. I I probably am not the guy to talk about him because I, I I'm just a natural contrarian. So as soon as everyone's jumping on this beast bandwagon, and I just find it a little bit hard to get behind. But um, he definitely just. <laughs> There's something magical about Speeth at Augusta. Like that's that's what you can't deny. He it seems like he seems to get. He seems to get more out of his round every single time than it feels like he's going to, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, that's kind of like uh, Spieth at his best does that all the time. Like, I mean, not just at Augusta, but like when Spieth was, you know, I don't know if he was he number one in the world. I can't even remember. But when he, oh, was, sure he was when he was like at his best, he was always getting more out of his round than he should have. Um, like to me, the emblematic one is is on fifteen on on Thursday where he hits the pin and it drops oh, yeah. for eagle. That's a four uh, shot swing, probably <laughs> yeah. at least three, I think. But uh, I mean, he, he the thing about Spieth is that like if it wasn't for, I mean, I, I've told you guys this before, but if it wasn't for like the the media fawning over him and and just generally like the world fawning over Jordan Spieth, like I'd probably like the guy. It's just it's so hard to handle everyone talking about him as if he's like the greatest thing to happen to not just golf, but like humanity for like, I kept, I was telling you about this tweet that I read, like how lucky are we to live in the same era as Jordan Spieth? Like 
Give me a break. I, I don't even know how to react to that. Like, <laughs> give like... me a break. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll say it because I, I am on golf Twitter all the time. To me, it is a lot of, I mean, the, the biggest golf podcast out there is no laying up and they have a big uh, speed fandom. And I get it. Like I, I've listened to, I think it was his interview on there where he talked about his struggles and it was very open about that. And I really respect that part of speed. And I, I really like that, but I mean, he, he, it's not like all golden boy. Like they're how he talks to his ball and how Bryson talked to his ball are very similar. But for some reason, we're getting speed like the golden boy and Bryson as the outsider. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I had speed as my one and done. So I loved how he finished. I mean, he yeah. he has a special magic around Augusta. Well, so, so he's an elite putter. He's got elite short game. He has elite approach game that is streaky. But when it shows up, I mean, he hits shots that... It feels like it feels like it, it, it seems almost like how does he get in at this close? You know, when he's hitting in from 175 yards, when he's playing well. Um, yeah. So he does all the things. I, I, I think his strengths are very well suited to Augusta National. He, he, led, he led the too. tournament in greens and regulation at 77%. So he was the leader there. Did he, he had, really? Wow. He had some yeah. big numbers too, and he probably deserved some bigger numbers. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. There's there's a couple times. I mean, the one that stands out to me the most today was on two, and he was pulling it wide, wide left on off his tee shot, and that thing kicked right out into the fairway. Yeah, um, like God slapped <laughs> it back onto the fairway for him for golden eyes. Um, but but the thing, and like the thing, I, I think I find hard, <laughs> I find hardest to to handle is that like for someone who seemingly gets so many good breaks to just whine so much about the like things that like don't quite work out for you. Like that's what's hardest to swallow. Like when, when his ball is just like, how does that possibly happen? Like, dude, your ball just kicked off the tree into the fairway 50 yards fast. Like it, it got back. It got yeah. even eventually. A little yeah, bit. yeah. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like throughout the whole tournament that he was about to make his move. Like he was always on the cusp of making that move and it just never quite happened. Well, and I mean, to me, the one thing that this reaffirmed is that Jordan Spieth has another green jacket in him, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't he's know got, if there's any like he's, He has that. such a good handle of this golf course. And so if he finds, you know, if he continues to play with the form he's had over the last couple of months, I, I, I think it's inevitable that he's going to find he's going to find. He's got another here. 40 tries here if he wants to, if his. Body holds that's probably true it's, it's probably not too far <laughs> off maybe yeah. maybe maybe we'll give him 25 but or 35 sorry i can't wait to tell my grandkids about speed <laughs> who's, who's that guy in suspenders that's always off like early the, well that's jordan speed everybody um, seems to love him <laughs> <laughs> so can i talk about john rom now yeah yeah so so do are, have we closed the book on speed is there anything else that we we didn't mention um i loved how far right he was on nine that one day he was so far right that was when he was in the trees and they're crouching down but then the thing to me like like that's where i feel like speed still seems to get breaks like both the first time he had like a decent shot there first off he could have punched out right to the side he had a decent alley to punch it up towards the green and then he smacks it off a tree and then he like then <laughs> continues to have a great line out like when when that happens to me i'm like stymied right behind a tree and then like i try to hit that and it hits a root and goes into the trees on the other side or something you know like 
anyways. So I, saw, I gotta bring up one of my favorite memes all week was I saw that they're crouching down behind looking for like an alley there. They're like, they gotta be a hundred yards off the fairway or something, it seems like. And it's like, haven't hit a hundred yard wide fairway all day. And then me at the same time, I think I got a window here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it feels. <laughs> I also love it because it seems like when golfers are in that situation, it seems like they get out or they barely clip like a leaf or something. But playing in the Pacific Northwest for our whole lives and there's big trees around, I feel like, man, I've heard that square in the middle of the tree yeah, sounds clunk. <laughs> I've gotten pretty um, good at trying to estimate like round trees at different <laughs> angles of hitting them and how they might ricochet off. Yeah. yeah. You can, pine needles only slow down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. They're like 96%. Okay, um, on to ROM. ROM. So... All week, I was waiting. Like, Rom was my one-and-done pick, pick to win. All week, I was waiting for him. It just seemed like he was he could not get momentum going. He'd make a birdie, but he, he'd follow it up with a bogey and just couldn't really get anything going. I think he was 72, 72, 72. Um, and he, I, I felt like it was his approach play all week that was kind of like he was often in good spots off the tee and just, like, not really hitting it, not using the slopes the way um, the guys who were scoring well were. And so he was always kind of either putting from a bad spot or he was off the green, which by the way, John Rom with a wedge in his hand around the greens is unparalleled in my opinion. Like he is unbelievable. I, I watching him being a huge, like John Rom fan this week, I almost wanted him to be off the green because I thought he was going to hole every shot. Like, well, it helps always... when you like tamp down the rough to improve your life. Oh, oh. come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, there's no rough here. Oh, shoot. Uh. <laughs> so then how excited was I today when he goes, he almost holes it on one for an eagle. Like tap in birdie, makes an eagle on two. Like the way you draw it up, just skate it down, watch it chase around to the right there. Eagle two. Hit it beautifully on three, like pin high, where like people were having trouble there. Just are we going to go through all play. eighteen holes? Hole, hole by hole, fourth <laughs> hole. He's like, he's the only one I saw with like a legit birdie putt about ten feet. Missed it. Fifth had a birdie putt from about fifteen feet. Missed so yes, it. Anyways, I guess we are going he, through all eighteen. <laughs> sixth, he had a birdie putt. He missed it. No, anyways, he was he played awesome today. Like yeah. awesome. He oh, he man. really. Like, 66 was, I mean, I was joking with uh, with some of my boys when they were texting me, like, asking who I was cheering for. I'm like, I'm cheering for Rom to shoot a 60 today and just come and take this. And after after four holes, I was like, it's possible. He he might do it. It's possible. And, and I obviously didn't. But what a round. Like, nobody was even close to that today, I don't think. Yeah, um, I mean, he was, he was fairly well clear. He was, he was minus six. Terrell Hatton uh, was minus four, and then there was a couple at three, Reed and Casey, but then it was two. Two's where we started to see a lot of numbers, and then minus one. So, um, yeah. Rom's minus six was a definite outlier uh, for what the course was given. And, and honestly, he could have, it could have been a couple better. He, he parred, he parred 13. Um, anyway. It burned a lot of lips. I mean, it in was, a lot of ways, in a lot fun. of ways, taking taking a, a macro outlook here. Um, in a lot of ways, it was somewhat a classic uh, backdoor top ten from a, for sure. You know, a world top player who went yeah. even par. What was he twenty something going into the final round, maybe, and went out and had the round of the day 21. and and worked his way up into top five, or was it? 
Uh, he tied for fifth, yeah. Tied for fifth. But, and so. he, he even said, they, they interviewed him afterwards, and he said, you know, I, I never had a chance to win this. Like, yeah, I never yeah, really yeah. had a chance it, to win it. It's easier to play like that. I, I mean, yeah. when, when you are in that position. Um, and, but, and I think, uh, you know, that's what Adam and I talk about when we're talking about showdowns, is one of the most dangerous things is when you have one of these world-top players that are, you know, they're not playing badly, but they, they're playing loose, they have nothing to play for, and the guys at the top all have something to play for and yeah. all of a sudden they go out there and have the round of the day. Um, it, it's a pretty classic trope, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so I, think- I, I enjoyed watching John Rom at the top of his game immensely today. And I'm, I haven't really been a huge John Rom fan and that was a amazing display. It was awe inspiring I, I i first off for our listeners i love our one and done league which is only the three of us because kevin gets super invested in each golf for every week <laughs> i remember him like, and then two, forgets about him the next week. yeah two three months ago he's talking he's telling me about matsuyama's putting walls like i've never heard him before like yeah, yeah. Man, the guy could his- we could make a putt yeah. <laughs> um but kevin i think ron just he ran out of holes man he had it he just ran yeah, out of holes he- yeah, he needed like he another wanted, 72 or so, and he was good. Why didn't they play 80 this week, all right? <laughs> I know. It was um, yeah. No, uh, if he was five under after four, like I thought he was going to be. I think, I think one of the things that this continues to reaffirm for me, so uh, was, Adam and I were doing rankings for Snake Draft, and this was after, you know, when, when we were doing our preview podcast with you, Kev, it was still, uh, Rom hadn't had his baby, and so I was, you know, he wasn't top of my board at that point, but I, I was telling Adam, like, to me, Rom is top of the board right now. Like, DJ's form was not great coming into the week, Bryson... I wanted to try to put him above there, but Rom to me is so underrated. If you look at the last two years, so two full years of strokes gain data, he is the leader. Justin Thomas is in second, but he's like a full, he's 2.4. JT's at like 2.15 or something. Like he he's a he's a good yeah. chunk ahead. And like I think we I think we underestimate I think we underrate John Rom just because he hasn't won that major. He hasn't if he had won a major, we'd be like, man, this guy this guy is the best player in the world. Yeah. So I'll I'll get into it a little bit more later, but I was watching a lot of John Rom on like my groups on the Masters mm-hmm. uh app. And he when he hits a shot, he'll be like, Oh and you're like as somebody who's cheering hard for him, I'm like, Oh, as soon as he does that, <laughs> and it's like like slightly offline, but he still hit the green, and he's got like a a twenty five foot birdie putt instead of like stiffing it. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. I guess it's not birdie, but it's not like yeah. If I was and, reacting like that, I would have just hit it in the woods, you know. Yeah, and, his, and his expectations are so wrong. high, and because he's first of all, yeah. I can't believe on his transition that he hasn't taken the club back further. I'm like, why is half swinging? <laughs> it's jarring every time. But I feel the exact opposite about Corey Connors, where it seems like so long. I'm like, just pull, pull back, go go through now. Like, <laughs> it's so long and easy. I'm like, just hit it like me now or Rom, come on. Um, but, last thing about Rom, I I think that you know we talk about this with some of the other top players, but not necessarily all of them. He has all the tools. He's got distance. He's got accuracy. He's got yeah. putting. He's got around the green play. He's got all the tools. He, it, it's only a matter of time before he is a major champion for sure. Yeah. So we've said it's not when, but or like it's not if, but when for a lot of these guys. JT, Xander, Rory, Rom, 
we're going to run out of years for a little bit. Someone's going to be disappointed when we so, talk uh, about I this mean, group in 15 years. In in my Tom opinion, Smith, of the people of sorry. the people without a major, Rom is at the top of the list. Sorry, that was just Masters. I'm talking about like I, I'm talking JD's... about without a major of any kind. Uh, Rom's at the top yeah. of the list. Oh, I think, oh, I think sure. Xander is probably next, and then maybe Cantlay. I'd have to look a little bit harder uh, to figure it out. But Rom, Rom for sure is is the one who like yeah. I think is due. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, so Adam speaking of Ryan of... Hart for Hatton, <laughs> sorry. Uh, riding hard for Han. Um So, so what do we want to move on to? We, you know, we spoke about course conditions a bit. Yeah, let's move um, fast. That. Augusta played awesome for him and fast. That's the way it needs to play every year. I also I think like gonna... I also think they really put it on edge at the start of the week um, because it was anticipated that, that there was going to be weather. So, like, I, I think if they if they didn't necessarily have forecasted weather, then maybe starting with it. Not necessarily softer, but like a little bit softer, and then letting it harden up as the week goes on is is fun to see. But knowing that we have weather incoming, I I, I love the way they handled it. You know what? It's funny because you talked about that um, being on edge, but I can't think of a time where Augusta has been like over the edge. You no, know? I don't think it I, ever has been. Yeah. So, but they also just... have more meticulous control there compared to any any other golf course. In yeah, terms of what everything. they can do to the course, and and you also talked about fifteen being more exciting, maybe a little more drama than thirteen this week. I think that's because of how firm and fast yeah, absolutely. it was. Like, the, and it, it, you know, there, fifteen to times... show its teeth needs to be like hard and fast. Yeah, and there's times that over the years. It, I mean, this hasn't been. Maybe it's been a few years since this has been the case. But that front bank. I remember times when they they let that so it could catch balls. It could hang up there. Um, but it seems to me like nothing holds at the front anymore, which I'm cool which is with. Awesome, yeah. Um, and it seems like things run out the back pretty easily now. Uh, the thing I don't want it to get to a like as long as you can hit a good drive and have the ability to hit a, a shot that can be received by the green. Like I don't want it to get to a point where they've tried to trick it up so much that any shot into the green is going to skip through. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, agree. I don't want it to be that firm and that long that, that but you how, can't. But how awesome is it that around the greens, instead of just like one hopping into like thick rough right beside the green, oh, yeah. it like will like slowly bleed away and then like run 20 yards off. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's it, the way I mean, if, for if, these guys with their skill sets, I think that's the best to, to make them um, absolutely show off all aspects of their game. And if people haven't started to figure this out, that are setting up courses for tournaments, like you haven't been paying attention because I'm yeah. a casual to not casual golf fan. And I feel like I figured this out, like, like set up your courses to handle pro golf. And the way to do that is not to have long rough around all your greens. Okay, guys. So we are about 55 minutes into our podcast <laughs> and our our show outline here i just did a quick calculation it's 350 words and we're at word 50 right now so <laughs> i'm a little bit worried that we gotta move along so i'm gonna push past course conditions augusta i think we've moved on from that i want to give a quick shout out to Corey connors for the ace on saturday i think that was played more on canadian whoa, whoa, so so should we go to shots of the tournament then because that's yeah, kevin just, kevin wants to give a shout out my here shot of the tournament here 
Well, then Kevin got his job. No, let's do it. Let's do it. Kev, tell us about Corey Connors. Yeah, Corey Connors, the sixth hole on Saturday. They're coming on air. They're just coming on here. Aaron Nance gets to tell us it just a moment ago on the sixth (laughs) hole. And Corey Connors, the Canadian boy, jars it to put himself like just inject himself into contention. I think he got to, was that to get to six? Six under? He, he was at six hundred at the end of the day. I don't know that. What, yeah. Where that anyway, at that point. just just catapulted him into contention, which was awesome. And only the sixth one, I guess, in the history of the Masters on the sixth hole. Um, everyone was jacked about it. Like yeah. a lot of pros play it cool. Corey Connors shot both arms up in the air. Everybody was stoked about that. It was awesome. Yeah, we. Uh, I, I, I was watching this morning. Um, so in Canada, we have our own little little Masters panel, and and Weir yeah. made an appearance on the Masters panel, and he was saying that he was he was walking out, he was going out to the course. He doesn't usually do this, but he was going out to the course to watch them play, and he heard the roar, uh, you know, this somewhat subdued roar this year, and. Uh, He's like, I, yeah, I did, you know, I, I tried to duck in somewhere where I could to check on my phone to see what had happened. But uh, yeah, he was pretty jacked. Um, I heard, I heard that from Weirzy. I like that. Another thing. Uh, so Corey Connors comes from a small town, Listowel, Ontario, less than eight thousand people. Um, the Listowel, I think, golf club or country club or whatever it is. I'm sure it's just the one of one club there. Their social media was loving it. I don't know if it's like the one person that like works the front desk and then probably like puts the pins in the morning and then like on social media for Masters weekend, but they were all over. Oh, I love that. I love and that. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like a small town little club in, in Ontario was just like all over Twitter, tagging the TSM people, getting in the mix with memes and gifts and all that. I loved it. <laughs> nice. Okay, Adam, you want to give us your shot of the tournament? Yeah, we're skipping around. I got to figure out what my shot is. Oh, yeah. Hideki on Saturday. We come back. Craig talked about this a little bit. Come back from the rain delay, the weather delay. He's in that little alley on 11. Starting the amen corner, he's in that little alley to the right. As Kevin like calls a, it, Tiger's Alley. Tiger's Alley. It's I don't even know if down I call from, that, but... <laughs> beating down from patrons. It's probably, I mean, 10 yards wide. It's got trees on either side. And he just hits this beautiful low shot. Down, you know, 11, you got water on the left. He puts it, I don't even know how close it was, probably within 10 feet from an impossible angle. Beautiful shot. I mean, it just catapulted. It was his first birdie after that, and it just catapulted him into this position that he ultimately never gave up. So that I think that was the changing point of the entire tournament. So that is the shot of the tournament for me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, hard to argue with that. Hard to argue for sure. Um, the but, other thing Greg, that I... Let's I, hear it. I oh. thought was interesting was uh, we had a that spot had a few other people throughout the day hit from there and it's just interesting to see the different approaches that people took. Um, I saw Adam yeah. Scott hit from there. I saw Justin Thomas hit from there. Um, but anyways, I'm I'm going Cameron Smith. Uh, his approach into 15 on Thursday. So you know this was when the course was playing at its hardest. Uh, 15. He absolutely striped his drive. Um, I want to say he had 198. I'm just pulling this up here, but I think he had 198 in. And um, so the only other eagle I know was by Will Zalatoris, who had 
put it out into the right. I think he had landed it. I, I don't know if you know, but there's like the bunker over there and there's a little bit of fairway between. I think Zalatoris had landed it on there. It was the only way that the green actually received it. Um, but then Cameron Smith goes out there from 198, hits it to two feet. Just wow. absolutely perfect shot, makes his eagle. Uh, unfortunately, Cam Smith then, uh, you know, he, he kind of had a tug of war through through Friday, Saturday. Uh, a lot of people, and, and me being one of them, thought he might have a real shot this, this year. Um, yeah, I was pulling and he plays yeah. he plays this course so well. Uh, I, I, he ended up, I think, backdoor top tanning. Um, but yeah, he did. He was but, four over after like nine on Thursday, I think. Oof. Like he was, he was, he battled hard to get back on Thursday. But then again on on Friday or Saturday, he had gone like super low and then gave a whole bunch of shots back. Um, I think he, I think he was plus two going into Friday, and he ended the day. He had got he got himself up to minus five, and he ended the day at like minus three. Yeah. Oh so yeah. Kevin, Kay. biggest disappointment of the Masters. Player. Yeah, so uh, I'm glad you went to this. We gotta we gotta mention some of the missed cuts. I think with biggest disappointments, so we got DJ Rory Wolf, M Cantley, Sergio Berger, Jason Day, Lee Westwood, Brooks. Um, and I know you guys are gonna names. touch on some of those guys for this. I'm gonna say Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas for me, guy that made the cut, but um, and the guy that after Friday you thought might have put himself kind of in contention. Sure. And just kind of withered away. Like well, he was minus not, four through. He was minus six. Yeah, holes. he was. He was so what, three back going into yeah. the He's start of Saturday. Yeah. Um. And and right in he kind of he was. So we talk about a guy like Xander having some problems on Sunday and then grinding back. Justin Thomas was like he was playing okay. He was kind of you know making birdies, making bogeys. But then he got to the thirteenth hole there yeah. yesterday and um had to lay up and then just i don't know what happened he just absolutely imploded he hit a wedge into the water like didn't even come close to clearing it like just a brutal wedge shot which he's like the best best arguably the best wedge player in the world um and then goes on to play a terrible shot from for his i guess what would have been his fifth shot and made an eight Almost um, like almost. I mean, it wasn't bladed, but like close to blading. Kind of. Way. It looked yeah. like he bladed for a pro, it. somewhat bladed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that that was pretty much that. He wasn't able to rebound at all from that calamity on thirteen. Never kind of got any kind of momentum back. And it wasn't like it wasn't like that completely put him out of the tournament. You know, like if he would have sort of put his head down and just I mean, he was still tried to score. At that point. Pardon me? He was still ahead of Rom at that point. Yeah, I mean, if he would have put his head down and just tried to mm-hmm. score a f- like on the way in on Saturday um, and, you know, maybe got to... I think that almost put him back to even. And if he would have just got, you know, to two or three or four, um, he could have, you know, he could have made some noise on he Sunday been potentially a with a big charge. Yeah, and he just kind of... he he. Yeah, yeah. I, I I root pretty hard for in, Justin in, Thomas. In a, I, in I a like week him. that a lot of people were very high on him coming into the week. Yeah, and he's got every, he's them. got all the tools. Um, and I I was just I was disappointed as a, as a fan of his. Um, you know, especially the way he he just shot lights out on Saturday at the players. You know, he can go low. He kind of did on Friday, and I thought he was going to get himself into the mix, and then just didn't. So I think yeah, the other thing that's what he... really surprising to me about that is that. 
it was really with the strongest club in his hands that he did it. Like, yeah. the mm-hmm. thing about JT is it's not surprising that he'll play his way out of contention, but usually when that happens, it's getting wild with the driver. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I guess that's some, you could say that's what started it because he hit the three-wood. He was trying to hit that really hard, hard-drawing stinger. I think that he hit the driver, hitting. actually. He was trying to hit a oh, big... Yeah, and he oh, I thought he was hitting that that same um, little stinging three wood uh, draw. I think he was trying to do it with a driver. Oh, maybe that was the problem. Uh, and then yeah. got up into the trees, hit a pretty creative little punch out. But then it was the, it was the shot that you think of being like JT's strength that that ultimately yeah. let him down, which was the surprising part to me. Yeah, top five players should either be kind of doing the Hideki thing or the Rom thing, like kind of charging through the weekend, and JT the the exact opposite of that. Yeah, you yeah. just like I say, like I I think I had one bet with. Uh, Rom, uh, Xander, and JT to all top ten. Well, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> oh, for nothing, this JT. is why he's your biggest <laughs> disappointment. Okay, Craig, who's your biggest disappointment? Uh, okay, I'm I'm gonna keep it simple. Patrick Cantlay. Uh, you know, a lot of things to like about him coming this week. I think he was a very popular choice. Uh, just really showed us a whole lot of nothing. Um, it kept moving backwards from from the very start of the tournament. I don't have a yeah. lot more on it. Uh, he missed the cut at the players, but that one doesn't set up as well for him as this one. So you know, yeah. just just expected. He he's played this course well before. There's no reason to expect him to play as bad as he did. I I uh, yeah. I hope I hope that we see some better form from from Patrick here. Oh, yeah. What happened turn. to Cantley, did he just as a slow bleed or what? Uh, it, I don't even know. It was more like a massive hemorrhage. Like it was, <laughs> I, I saw. Even... I saw. I was looking at at uh, you know because they have all the shots on on the app there, and I was looking at some of his big numbers. And on thirteen, he was in what you're telling me. I call Tiger's Alley, or sorry, eleven. He was in Tiger's Alley there, and played what looked like a beautiful swinging hook into the green and then it just like got a bounce and then spun and like spun into the water and i was like oh i guess that's the other way it can go when you're yeah. playing that draw out of those trees yeah to be honest i i did not so he he was 79 in his opening round and i did not pay super close attention to him that's yeah. the way because he was he was kind of out of it and it didn't really have a hope i mean he could have still made the cut at that point but he didn't uh, yeah, just, he, he was one over in the second yeah. round and yeah disappointing mine is daniel berger so he was in the very last group on Friday. And on Friday, we had a cut number we, we knew wasn't going to move. It was plus three. You had to get plus three to make the cut. On 14, he's on 14. <laughs> can, can, can I set the stage a little bit? Sure. Adam is entered in the Millie Maker. He has <laughs> five of six guys safely through to the weekend. Top 10. Top ten guys. Hey, listen. No, no. I had Rose. Like, you had Rose at that point. And Rose, Rose was leading. Palmer, JT, yeah. Spieth, all of them in the top ten. Like it was looking like I, I was ready to look on real turn, look for a new house. Like <laughs> it was beautiful. Adam, I can relate because I had Burger in our family pool as <laughs> as the only guy who wasn't getting through. So uh, just as just as much stake just as much it. at stake. So so so, so he, this really sets the stage for Adam's disappointment because he's he's already counting his winnings. He ruined a bunch of six of sixes. But Burger's the on, last one to come in that needs to make the cut. Okay, stage is set. He's on 14T. He's on 14T. All he needs to do is go one under the net through the into the house. So we know we got 15. Okay, great. So 14, perfect. First hole. This is all we need. He sticks it to five feet on his approach. Misses the putt. Okay, that's okay. 14's a little bit tougher. We got 15. 
doesn't get it done on 15 on the par 5 15 doesn't get it done then yeah, 16, and you're worried now now I was worried. I was like, oh no, oh frig. The 16 was a diabolical pin. Yeah, it's up on that it's up on that thing where we're like, okay, he's on the right, he's on the right level, but he's still 20 feet away. He hits the putt! Perfect! Yes. We're in! Burger, we're in! Par par, we're into the weekend, buddy. We gotta get it done. Big moves can happen on the weekend. We we have what we need. It goes into 17. And gets that bogey. Like, Burger, you just drained this 20-foot putt to get the birdie. We just did so much work to get here. And it seemed like there was so much, like, you could tell he knew where the number was, it seemed like. And he was just like, he he got got to the number. Yes. And then 18, okay, fine. We can birdie 18 and get in. We can birdie it. We know. We saw guys hunting that flag all day. Like, actually, I think Corey Connors hit that flag that day. He goes up and he splashes it on the bunker on the right. Like, what are you doing? Oh. As, as Daniel Berger, he, he won right after the COVID break. And it was kind of Do you of think he knew how much it meant to you? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know what? Because maybe he would have tried a little bit harder if he knew what this I meant know, to you. I know. Um, but we, like, people were calling for him to be invited to the November Masters when he didn't qualify, but he had that win. Uh, this was like his his redemption story and didn't get it done on the weekend. I think he was 15th in the world coming in. I, I don't even know where he dropped to, but you're top 15 player in the world. Disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I hate to say it, but this has been my experience with Berger. Like, I want to get on board and, like, get him in Me these too. lineups. Because he's got, like, so much backer. game. And he just has been let down a couple times in a big way. Okay, yeah. so so do we want to, uh, you know, while we're here on disappointments, do we want to have a quick chat on a few of the other top, top players in the world that did not get it done this week? You know, DJ Rory. Or do we do we not really have much to say on them? Rory, I, I, Rory's game, I mean, he it's was a going in. He's yeah. working on it. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's not there. I, DJ the thing, was a so, so the one thing I'll say real quick on Rory, from what he says... It's a process that is, you know, they're planning on it being a somewhat long-term process to get to a somewhat new, you know, not a new way of playing, but essentially a new way of thinking about and approaching it and figuring things out on the course when things start to go wrong and stuff. And and we're early in that process. So the thing I am caring most about is that the long-term plan is good. I, I don't care about this Masters. I don't care, you know, like what I want is Rory to get back to it being contending in majors. And so hopefully, hopefully they're on the path for that. So just just to be clear, are you okay, Craig? Not really, but <laughs> all I can do now is put on a brave I'm, face. Yeah, all I can do is put on a brave face. Uh, Lee Westwood, we got to talk. I mean, the caddy change. He had a good thing going. Yeah. Brings on the sun. Missed cut at the Masters where he's dominated. I don't know, Lee. I don't want to get involved in your relationships, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jason Day, Kevin went through it. Any anyone else there? You guys want to talk about real quick? What about I mean, Bryson? DJ, Bryson DJ's was disappointed. Cut, DJ but... should have made the cut. I think. Yeah, um, DJ. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then just really um, did not get it done coming home. Uh, Brooks to me. So I think Brooks deserves the second. I, I'm happy that Brooks tried to make a go of it. I, I think like yeah, clearly think he did awesome. not have his best stuff. But if he had have done something, then freaking cool. You know, like. As totally. long as it as long as it doesn't set him back, then like I love these guys that try to go out there and do it when they they're not physically a hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Did you see the clip of him when asked how disappointed he was? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What did he say, <laughs> Craig? 
I don't remember exactly, but like I'm effing dis- <laughs> like of course I'm effing disappointed. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but you got any more hard, hard f bomb there? Yeah, it, like in uh, Butler Cabin or wherever they or... were doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, not, I'm not uh, even Bryce... going to curse on our on our family friendly bo- podcast here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Bryson made the cut, but. Obviously, some people were pretty high on him. Um, obviously, not what, uh, what. You know what? He's a one and done. We'll talk about that as we get okay. to our picks a little bit later. Let's talk about. So we've talked a lot, a lot about the tournament, but there's overlooked stories of the tournament. You know what the media doesn't necessarily cover, or the coverage doesn't kind of put in a spotlight. I, I think you Gr- should start here, Adam. I like okay, yours. I'll start here. I think I think the one thing that kind of really gets overlooked, or especially this year, is there's a top 12 automatic qualifier into the next Masters. And I think that's very important because the Masters qualifier, you know, is the PGA winners. It's just top 50 in the world at two different points. Um, it's tighter you know, than any small, other major. It's a small field. It's, it yeah. was 88 this year. It's a really small field. We see, you know... Hudson Swaffords and Brian Gaze and these guys that win get their shot. And then they might, because they're not in the top 50 in the world, might not get in again. But there's guys coming down. We were talking about this a little bit before the show. When, you know, people are wrapping up and we're kind of condensing down to like eight groups, six groups, four groups. And there's less shots to show. These are the shots they need to show. It's huge. It's a huge thing for these guys' careers to make it. And we got Brian Harmon got in the top 12. Robbie McIntyre, Siwoo Kim. These Kevin are all guys Na. who easily could be out of the top 50 by the easily. next time. Yeah. And then Stuart Sink, Corey Connors, two years in a row. He got back to the Masters with another top 10. Like that, It's a huge story, and, and we don't need to see much of it. I, Craig, you kind of talk about this with like the whole NFL red zone um, example. Like Show you know one good shot they had for that. Day and then show you know their putt on eighteen where they need to save par or get a birdie to to make that spot because we know kind of we have an idea of what that spot's going to be. I think it's just kind of a missed opportunity. It's, it's later just on such Sunday. an easy story to tell, and it's such low hanging yeah. fruit, and it's it also like celebrates your tournament. Like it, it's so it it's does such everything. an easy win that I I don't understand yeah. how they're not getting that. It's it's like there's what did you say? There's eighty eight guys in the field this week. There's one guy who's going to win. Tell a few other stories, you know. Yeah, like, totally. There's eight, and, and, and this is seven other at the stories point to tell. When groups are finishing and you're running out of golfers to show and stuff, so like this is a very very easy thing to do. That that you need to start realizing. It's just they're really struggling to get out of their like decades old model of the only thing that matters is the winner and that's all people care about that's all golfers care you know like that's all the players care about that's all the fans care about everyone cares about more than that now but the broadcasters have done a very poor job of realizing that it's not about another 15 second shot of pulling up along a tree to show the group that's marking their totally. balls on a green you know like um yeah. We're going to the the fifth analyst opinion on the one shot that we saw from one of the leaders. Like we have opportunities here yeah. to, I mean, and I kind of go back to the Olympics of like telling these stories and people don't know necessarily that they want to be told the story, but once they hear it, they're like, yeah, that's a great story. Of course I want to hear about Stuart Sink and his one win. Then he got into here. Now he has his son on his, as his caddy. And now he's, he gets to play next year. Like that's an, a great story. Well, and, and you know, like take, our wives, for example, 
they're not going to care if I tell them about this great shot this person hit. But like, if I tell them that this person, yeah. if they sink this putt, they get to come back. And like, this is going to be, you know, such a big thing for their career. Like if I can convince them That's a great to point. care about this, then they should realize that all they can get their viewers to care about this. You know, like it's pretty simple if you don't overthink it. You really got to play off the human element with the wise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of last masters, Craig, what's your. So, so yeah, mine here, uh, and you know, I did a little bit of digging. I don't think I'm missing anything on this one, but this could potentially be Henrik Stenson's last masters. Um, he was playing this week on on an exemption from the 2016 Open Championship, which right. I believe is a five year exemption. It, that's run out. Yeah, that's for sure. So, so this will be the last year of that. Uh, we're talking about a guy that's 45 years old. He has fallen to 108th in the world. He had he made the cut this week, which is awesome. If this is his last Masters, uh, but he had six missed cuts in a row coming into this week. I was going to say no. On both form. the European and, and PGA Tour, um, he actually had an outside chance at the top twelve at the start of the day because he was one under to start the day. Uh, he faded throughout the day and ended up uh, plus three in the tournament. But um, yeah, could, you know, a, a great golfer, a, a very distinguished career. Um, I have a hard time seeing a road. I mean, I guess you could have said the same thing about Lee Westwood a couple of years ago, but I have a hard time seeing for a sure. road back to the Masters for him. So real quick, five-time Ryder Cup uh, participant, players champion, uh, open champion, like you said, in 2016, six PGA Tour wins, 11 European Tour wins, decorated, decorated career. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think a, a guy that... You know, at least from what I see, he he is an entertaining dude and a good dude. So yeah, seems like yeah. a good personality. One of the best club snappers of all time. <laughs> um, but just also like the the things that him and Polter put out pranking on each other oh, on yeah. social media. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah, they seem like good guys for sure. Yeah. Okay, Kevin, what's your overlooked story of the tournament? Yeah, so I don't know if it's overlooked or not talked about as much, but unique to the Masters, I think I just was was super excited about how awesome the masters viewing options are so craig was talking about how we don't need to see this uh, or you know the the model of of golf broadcasting being broken which i agree with and i think it has a is heavily influenced by a guy who was dominant and won all the time for 15 years and they could focus on that because that's what everybody wanted to see but and they haven't learned how to adapt they haven't learned how to adapt since then so now with like you know the the uptick in popularity of golf betting and all these other things the masters is your best best tournament for so many reasons so i you know doing a number of things wasn't always in like in front of a tv uh while watching the masters but and like like i was talking about john rom this morning i i was wanting to watch john rom right from the beginning this morning well the masters the Masters website and the Masters app, you can watch every shot from every player. So you can build on their My Groups thing. You can build a, a I think favorite the people that list. are listening know this. Just They probably watch the tournament. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is like you can build, you can build a favorites list on this, and it, all it does is show the shots of your favorites, and then if there's ever a break where they don't have a new shot from one of your favorites, they'll show either great shots 
or leaders on the course. So you're essentially getting a telecast with no commentary with yeah. all the players you want to see. So to me, that's or, a huge advantage too, is that like, it's not just the people, like it's not just how you build it, but then like, if there is nothing happening when you, you know, the say you picked five players and none of them have a shot that has come up, then they default to either leaders or yeah, um, yeah. great shots. Or, good, or, great, or shots, great shots, which, which is to awesome. me is cool, yeah. And like these are the guys. Like if you got if you have a, a you know a, a DraftKings lineup or whatever, and you just want to see certain players, and you don't really care because you know the leaders are on the first hole, or they haven't even teed off yet, or the coverage hasn't even started. You just start your stream, and like you get all the guys you want to see, all the shots you want to see. It's awesome. It's like I was I was so impressed with that. And if they could take that and apply it to other things, like. For the gamblers out there, for I don't know, for the people who can't necessarily, well, I don't <laughs> think those people do. Sort of I, you know, you can do this on your tablet. You can. Here's the other thing too awesome. that I, that I think Craig will uh, respect being kind of the behind the scenes guy at Grandstand Golf a little bit. No, they don't just have a, a single camera. So they have the camera with it. Then they have the ball. This is all within like sixty seconds of the shot happening. The shot of the ball in the air, and then they have the shot, you know, on the fairway or on the green. So they cut three different shots together within 60 seconds into a tight little 15 second window and give you that highlight. Yeah, no, it, uh, it, it's it was, awesome. It's it's good. It was my first time using this my groups part of it, and whether you're using that to supplement the coverage or using that early in the day or whatever, awesome. I was just like thoroughly impressed. Masters can do whatever they want to do. Because they have all the money in the world, and they yeah. did this a few years ago, where they started playing every live shot, and the PGA needs to catch up. When you're like, when your poor members are like Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, and um, people yeah. will pay fifteen dollars for a ball marker that has a Masters logo on it, you can you can pretty much innovate in whatever way you want. Um, but the but thing their sandwiches is, sandwiches are only two dollars. Yeah, that's true. The sandwiches are two. Um, the the thing to me, so. The Masters has continuously been an innovator in golf uh, broadcasting. Um, so I think they were the first to have color broadcasts. They were, uh, t- to me, so like the one thing I remember, and maybe this displays a, a little bit of my university career, but uh, or my university, uh, my time in university, but I remember sitting there, this is back maybe like 2005, sitting there in lectures on my laptop with Masters feeds up. Uh, where you could, you know, it was when you were first able to watch Amen Corner in fifteen sixteen, um, and yeah. then now it's it's the the every shot. Uh, I mean, every shot live is what the the PGA Tour does at, at the Players Championship. But um, yeah, I think I was talking about this with you, Adam. But like, essentially, this is now going to percolate. It's gonna it's gonna. I think you know we've seen this now at, at Augusta for a couple years. It's now at the Players Championship. It won't be long before it's at the other majors, and then it'll be the WGCs, and then someday in the distant future, it'll probably just be how golf is broadcast. But yeah, uh, it's just the Masters is in, innovative, and uh, I think they deserve a lot of respect for that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a good point yeah. to bring up. So we have, this was supposed to be a rapid fire question segment. Do we have any rapid fires? I, I scratched them out. Is there any that you guys really want to touch on real quick? Do we want to talk about, does Hideki get another major? And Let's do, want to do that do one. Quick, yes and no? Okay, Craig. Yes and no. Does Hideki get another major? I didn't know it was going to come to me when I said I agreed to do um, <laughs> This always happens in our final I round showdown no. video. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, this is not the take I, I would have thought I would say, but 
I think no. I just honestly, I think there's too much talent. I think I think that majors are harder to win than we think. Uh, I mean, if if he has a permanent fix on his putter, you know, they say he's working with a new coach. The first time he's working with anyone other than his dad as a coach. Uh, if he has a fix on his putter, then I could see it happening. But I, I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with yes. I had no idea that Craig hated Hideki so much. So I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> just to be contrarian. I, I respect that. I really respect that. Uh, I'm going to go no just on two factors. Majors are really hard to win. And the golf talent pool is better deep. than we've ever seen. It's deep. Ever, ever. I mean, it, we keep talking about all these guys. Like, it's a matter of when and not, you know, all Okay, that. can I throw a, another question? Yeah. How many does Tiger win if he was starting right now? Nine, I don't, Nineteen. How many? <laughs> I was gonna say uh, two. No, I'm just kidding. How many does Tiger? No, let's have? not. Let's not actually answer that. I just wanted to th- mess with Kev a bit. Adam, why don't you give us give us your three stars, man? Let's just do three, give stars. Us your three stars. I'm gonna do this real quick. So third star. You guys might have a good idea who one and two are gonna be. Third star. I'm going Stuart Sink. Because I don't know if there's a third person in this field where their placing meant more than Stuart Sink. He was one of those guys, top 12. He got that automatic invite. He shot one under on Sunday to get into that T12 position. He's 47 years old. He doesn't have m- many starts left. We don't know how, if he would get back to Augusta. Was his son on uh, the bag? I didn't actually His know. son was on the bag. Oh, his nice. son was on the bag. Reagan was Reagan. on the bag. Assist to Reagan. Yeah, Sister Reagan. He was 149th in the world coming in, so that's even with his win. He's up to 115th. I don't think any of us expect him to break into the top 50, but he has his Masters invite for next year, no matter what. Yeah. Way to go, Stuart. Great, great third, third star. star. Stuart Singh. Uh, second you know star was all... T- Fourth star to you for choosing such a great third star. Hey, yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. <laughs> second star, Craig. This one's coming back to you. Will Zalatoris, one of Craig's boys from My Boys episode who talked about this. He was 119th in the world at the time of the airing, Craig. I'm going to throw that one to you. He was 119th in the world at the time of the airing of that episode. He is now 27th in the world, and he doesn't look like he's going to stop climbing. Yeah, no, I mean, this is exactly the trajectory I predicted. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it might be a little bit more rapid than expected. Top but... 10 at the U.S. Open, top 5 at the Masters. Yeah, exactly what I expected. Yeah, he was killing it on, he was killing it on the Corn Ferry Tour at the time, and then uh, he is escalated things since then um i I think love love to see it star number one hideki matsuyama i don't have another cool stat for you guys this week for hideki i just think it is one of the biggest wins i mean for sure since we've been in grandstand but as a golf fan biggest wins relative to importance to the game of golf worldwide that i've seen in a long long time and i think that's really really cool yeah, so yeah, I agree. Uh, I uh, super cool that he he cited that he was inspired by, and I I don't have her name in front of me, but the girl who won the yes um, the amateur at the, I guess it last week, um, to- talked about how inspired he was by that and made it a clean sweep for Japan. Awesome, I think yeah. it's just awesome. Yeah, um, so the one thing I will pull up as a as a stat here, um, it's not a stat so much as watch out for the next wave of Japanese golfers because um, I was reading this, this article, this is in Canada, but you know, it was by a, um, a a Canadian who had played on the uh, Japan golf tour in the nineties. And he's quoted saying that like, he was already like Wayne Gretzky over there. Now he's going to be like Wayne Gretzky times 50. And, um, 
if you think that like uh, Japan was already a, a you know a bit of a golf crazy nation, there think about all the kids who have been in yes. COVID lockdown pandemic whatever you know whatever it has been in, and then their families were watching. Hideki Matsuyama win the Masters this weekend and how how many kids are going to you know either take up golf or become all the more committed to it or whatever it is but we're going to see uh, he talks about it as a third boom because there's already been a couple booms in golf over there um, yeah. and uh, yeah watch out because when when you know t- Japan, when they do, set out to do something, uh, they're, they're, fairly, they're fairly fastidious about doing a good job of it. So, so watch out for the next wave. So it was yeah. Kajitani one last week. Yeah, yeah. There you Kajitani. go. There you go. Okay, the other thing I wanted to bring up was on our preview pod, our Masters preview pod, we said at the very end, what's your bold prediction for the Masters? Craig, I'm going to throw it to you first. Your bold prediction was DJ finishes outside the top 10. Yeah, and you know, I, I asked you guys because I was like, "Is this bold enough?" Um, I I did not go f- as far as saying he was going to miss the cut, but uh, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good about my bold prediction because I feel uh, like it it wasn't bold enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think okay, I my bold prediction was he's going to miss the cut. Oh, <laughs> nailed it! Brilliant! Boom! Brilliant! <laughs> Kevin, your bold prediction was Mike Weir top thirty. Oh, that was bold. He, it was bold. Yeah. He he didn't miss a cup. You know he played pretty solid. He didn't miss a cup by much. He had a good. Saturday. I think if he would have if he, he, he would have snuck Friday. in there, would have snuck in there. I think he would have he would have done it. Yeah, my bull prediction was less than ten players under par at the end of the tournament. I was feeling pretty good. You know, Augusta was really kind of proven to be a hard test early on. Showing his then, teeth. But then that yeah. rain come. Guys, the rain the rain rained on my bowl prediction parade. Yeah. And it ended up being 20 players under par. It's still pretty good. You know, it was like 40-something last year, so I'm chalking it up as like a quarter win. How about that? No. No. Okay, no. okay that's fair. <laughs> okay, moving on. Let's do real quick. Good bets, bad bets, red bets, green bets. Our pick sheet that we talked about on our podcast and then posted on Twitter. I don't think anything changed after our podcast. Uh, winner, no winners, but Kevin was close to John Rom T5. Craig went Bryson DeChambeau, and I went Webb Simpson. Sleeper, Kevin and I both went Jason Day for a missed cut. Now, the, the Craig, one thing, I feel like we should pause on Bryson for a sec because, uh, you know, Bryson... We did say we'd come back, yeah. We, we, we said we, he's probably the one guy of the top players in the world who we haven't talked about. Um I, I felt that was a somewhat bold take for me to go with Bryson because he has a he you know bad history with the Masters. Um, yep. He seems like an obvious choice for some of the tournaments coming up later in the year. So I, I tried to be a little bit contrarian. It didn't work. Um, I still am convinced that I don't think I don't think he's as ill-suited to Augusta as other people seem to think. And, and I think Kevin potentially is on the, in the other camp uh, of me here, but I, I think, I, I honestly, I think the guy's going to be a contender here. Um, once he just kind of, I mean, first off, he just needs to calm down in general most of the time, but uh, I, I think he is going to start to, to slowly unlock things and, and we're, we're going to see him contend here in the future. Yeah, once he can bring slopes and uh, slopes and more angles into his calculations, then maybe Augusta will suit him better. I mean, at this rate, you got to think he's building his own green book. At, I mean, he's had 
30 trips around here with practice rounds, I think it's got to be pretty close to figuring them out. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I think a lot of the things that he typically does well, like the, the template is there. It's just his execution has been very, very poor here. He was um, all over the place. Like he, he was yeah. so inaccurate this week. He was playing for like those, those long par threes on the front. I think typically he's going to feast on those. It's just his his yeah. play, his his play was poor. Um but I, 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 if if people are thinking that this is like you know definitive of Bryson's not going to be able to figure this course out because he's not the artist, I I would pump the brakes on that take. That that would be yeah, my I think that's thing. a little silly. That sixty-seven on Friday looked pretty effortless. It looked like he actually should have Chalky. like had a bad round and and it turned into it, a sixty-seven. It almost looked like what his par would be on that course. Yeah, actually. Uh... <laughs> Overused joke of the week. <laughs> hey, listen. You know what? The golf gods don't like when you say stuff like that. No, you, when, they don't. When you declare that you, the par for you on this course is something less than par, and Bryson is paying the price for I that. I mean, the only thing worse how, how than that is like when the casual golfer says they figured it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a pie in the face. That's, no pie well, in the face this week, but that's a pie in the face for. I feel like that's a direct shot at our father, though. <laughs> Tells me he's figured it out every time I talk to him on the phone. <laughs> Harsh. Harsh. Okay, going back to our pick sheet. Sleeper Craig was the best with Joaquin Neiman, who kind of just walked into a top 40 there. Nothing special on the weekend. I'll take more credit for my Zalatora sleeper on the DFS show. For sure. Uh, Fades. Man, you guys crush it here. Craig went with Dustin Johnson. Missed cut. Nailed it there. Kevin, Rory McIlroy, who hasn't missed a cut here in over a decade. Nailed that too. Well done. Yes. Punching down I went, there at Rory. That's harsh. <laughs> I went Terrell Haddon, which you guys said didn't count anyways. He, he pro- I got the motivation onto him. He had his best round ever on Sunday and got into a top 20. Gotta go, Terrell. Yep. Top Canadian, Corey Connors, Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, uh, and one and done, Jordan Spieth. Got good showing, good showing for the Canadians, though, like across the board. Yeah. Uh, you know, a yeah. little bit of a fade from Corey Connors on Sunday, but... Uh, Same but, with Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah, he was yeah. plus four on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. But uh, even, I think, every round, wasn't he? he until Sunday? Until he, Sunday, yeah. yeah. Um, so good showing from the Canucks. Uh, love to see that. Uh, let's hope for a little bit more next time around. And then one and done's we talked about. I just kind of passed Kevin a little bit for to get, regain second place. Craig is still out ahead in first at five, just under we five both, million. We both yeah. gained. We both bad, gained. bad miss though. Bad, bad result for a Bryson. Bad use of Bryson, yeah. and yeah. I've still got that's, DJ in my pocket though. So, so that's the thing that like I feel I feel bad about using Bryson for a T forty six, but the other guy I was considering was DJ. So like I would have felt a lot worse using up DJ. I'm just gonna wait till Bryson signs up for one of these like, you know, weaker field events and just bludgeons the hell out the of rocket it. mortgage. <laughs> yeah. And then real quick, we did a snake draft at the end of the podcast. I stagged Hideki in the seventh round, so with payouts, it's hard to recover from not having a winner. I got Hideki in the seventh. I think the second best pick was Craig in the tenth round with Will Zalatoris. Oh. I'd say that was the pick of the draft. Pick of the draft. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> it well it saved his his Team, I'll tell you that much. It did save his team. Kevin had the best start, reaching for John Rom at one zero one, and then coming back around the snake with Xander. So Kevin had a really good start, but the rest of his team can't kind of land Burger. Your two biggest disappointments. So <laughs> you know, really, if if everything lived up to your guys' expectations, my team would have walked away with. Yeah. 
Personal bets time. Did you guys have anything that you want to talk about this week? Kevin, you were hammering the outrights. I don't know if that the futures worked out. Did not work out for me this week, and yet I still enjoyed it thoroughly. So that maybe that speaks to the quality of the champion. I think it also speaks to the quality of your approach to betting, um, where like I can win, I can lose. Just in the way that I spend money betting, it can be a positive week, it can be a negative week. I'm still going to enjoy it. Um, yeah. it. It accentuates my golf watching. It's not, uh, you know, I think if it's not if it's yeah. not doing so, then then maybe you need to to check out from from betting on sports. But <laughs> so yeah. I got a little story for you guys. I. Uh, I talked about this last master. I got uh, an invite to the local kind of pool. It's it was sixty last time. I think it was seventy eight this time. So I threw thirty dollars into this pool, and you know, seventy eight people in the pool. Seventy eight people. It's one of these, you know, you pool A, pick two players from the top in the world. Pool B, pick two players from this, and then there's like probably seven or so pools, and you build a roster of seventeen guys, or Anyways. around there. Yeah, around there. So I entered my guys, and I didn't really think about it. I won it last year. You know, I feel like I'm playing with profit. Uh, it didn't go well. I had Jason Day, Lanto Griffin, Lee Westwood, Rory, Sergio, Zach Johnson. All missed cuts, wow. no money. Didn't even ha- really have a second thought. You should have consulted on, with us for better picks. On Sunday morning, I'm like, I think I have Hideki. You know, he's in the lead right now. That's a $2 million paycheck. Maybe I can kind of sneak into something. I look at my team. I got Hideki. I got Will Zalatoris. I got Jordan Spieth. I got John Rahm. I got Mark Leishman. And all of a sudden, my Sunday is wild. I'm sweating like I have never sweated before on a bet. Anyways, with and this is where, uh, going back to early in the pod, Xander, I didn't have Xander. And his oh, team so shot on 16. triple, you were just loving it? I, I, I love the guy. It was like Hovland's big number at WGC. Like I, it, it tore my heart in half. On one hand, I was like so sad for the guy that he was going through this, and I felt for him. But also, I was about to win all this money. <laughs> so did you and win? I was so happy with that. Sorry. Did you win it? I won fourteen hundred dollars off nice. thirty. Off thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so like when Xander's ball went in the water, was your reaction one of happiness or what? Yeah. I was a little excited. My <laughs> wife and daughter were in the backyard. I'm like, Val, Val, Val. I think we got some money. I think we got some money here. The the one thing that also so had you to were you were at that point cheering against him. The 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 I was I wasn't putting any bad mo. I wasn't putting any bad <laughs> you know anything bad into the air, but. I but you were okay with this result. I mean, I wasn't sad when it happened, you yeah. know. <laughs> so was that first place money? It was first place money. Two for two. Two for two. I was telling my my friend Rory, who invited me to this pool, I gotta throw the next Masters so don't get yeah, kicked you're out. You're not gonna bit. get invited next nice. year. I was I I used the rounders reference for the 2020 Masters. You know, I feel like I'm showing up to the local poker game and taking these guys' money, and I get busted at Vegas with DraftKings. <laughs> I feel like I'm in Atlantic City now. I got to give some money back. I yeah, got to give yeah. a little bit of money back. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's kind of crazy with these ones that do it by the the money. If you don't have first, second, you're kind of who. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. And Craig's boys, Hideki and Will Zalatoris, came through for me. Well, I yeah, I, I mean Hideki. I think you were. I I didn't even have Hideki in my pool this week so really that's on you uh the Zalatoris maybe I'll take an assist on that one because (laughs) I've been chirping him in your ear for a while now but uh no that's a good win that's a good win 
I think it's the best golf golfing I've ever had. I just it pays for a lot of weeks. It pays for a lot of weeks. Yeah, but that will be nice. withdrawn awesome. for family funds. I think a little bit. Oh yeah, I guess that that pays for a lot of goodwill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, should, is that a good spot to call it? I think that is. Yeah, it's as good as any. It's I'd like say. it's like it's like a stanza. It's well, the top of the mountain. I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave that rating and review. We'll talk about it at the top of the pod. We'll give you a shout out right at the top of the pod. So make sure you do that. And then, of course, subscribe to our YouTube and watch our videos there. And follow us on Twitter at Grandstand Golf. Yeah. And just on that note, we do appreciate. We got over a 1,000 this week. We appreciate uh, all you guys out there. Keep giving us those thumbs up. We'll keep trying to make semi-decent content for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, everybody. Take care. Take care, everyone. Yes.